Three Dog Thursday on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and get a $500 risk-free sports bet by downloading the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning today. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com to get a $500 risk-free bet from us at Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. Head over to PrizePicks.com, use the promo code SGP, get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And we're brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the head-to-head matchups. Download the app today or just head to BetterFantasy.com SGPN. That's better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com, slash S-G-P-N. And we're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Sign up and bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io. We're also brought to you in part by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on head-to-head matchups. Download that app today or just head to betorfantasy.com slash SGPN. That's B-E-T-T-O-R fantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. Football fans, it's time to go on the record for this week's matches in pro and college football with just one catch. We're only interested in underdogs. Who can keep it close if not pull the outright upset? Time to find out. It's Three Dog Thursday. Now here's your host, TJ Reed. Well, gobble, gobble, hello there, and we are ready to go with a Thanksgiving Day edition of Three Dog Thursday. Yes, we understand that many are traveling. Yes, we understand many calories will be consumed, and much football will be watched as well, not only on Turkey Day, but throughout the weekend. Uh, Happy Turkey Week on Three Dog Thursday. I am merely the somewhat capable host. Straight ahead, Brian Edwards, Vegas Insider, MajorWager.com right here. Some Turkey Day underdogs. We'll even get some Thanksgiving insight and intel from him, as we always do year to year, about what he's consuming, what's on the dessert plate, uh, et cetera. He does have some underdogs. He does have some thoughts on the Florida Gators now having a coaching opening. My Lord, what a saga. It's been crazier than a month of the young and the restless, except nobody's pregnant, as I like to say. In any event, uh, the Gators are looking for a coach just like LSU just like USC, just like the University of Washington, on and on, just like Virginia Tech. The coaching carousel is going to be crazy. We'll get Brian's thoughts on that. And, oh, by the way, Florida, Florida State, a game that did not happen a year ago. Remember, in the COVID crazy 2020 college football season, several of these rivalry games didn't get played, like Ohio State-Michigan didn't get played uh, a year ago. 
Um, the same thing with Georgia, Georgia Tech, maybe not as big a rivalry. Florida, Florida State didn't happen. Uh, but those games are happening this weekend, so we'll get Brian's thoughts on all of that coming up. Reminder, however you found us, Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Follow or subscribe us. Uh, subscribe to us. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe away. We come your way on Thursdays. Podcast stays relevant through the weekend with great underdog advice. You want to follow us. You want to get it automatically. You want to follow us on social media at Three Dog Thursday on Twitter. Uh, I am constantly pumping out videos and uh, predictions and picks. Uh, we were rolling. Hey, how about uh, Ryan Kramer last week with a couple of college football underdogs? I had one as well. We didn't do as well in the NFL, although I did try to warn Kramer off about Buccaneers beating his New York Giants, and that did happen on Monday night as the Bucs bounce back. So anyway, we give out the advice. Subscribe to us. Find us. Follow us. There we go. Let's get into it. Let's talk about all things, in particular college football. He even has an NFL underdog as well. Happy Thanksgiving week to Brian Edwards of MajorWager.com, Vegas Insider's very own. He is ready for this final rivalry weekend of college football that's taking place. How are things? Good to be with you, sir. What's up, TJ? Happy Turkey to you and your listeners. Uh, things are good. A little, you know, always having to cram, you know, uh, an entire uh, work week into three days while <laughs> mom is calling. What yeah. time are you going to be home? It's yep. been 20 years, mom. Been the busiest work weeks of the year. Oh, and the Gator coaching search. Oh, and all day and night college basketball. Yeah. And what an ass beating by Gonzaga last night. Yeah, Gonzaga clobbering UCLA. We got college hoops every which direction. We got food that has to go in the oven. We got, we got all kinds of stuff. Let, let's begin with the Gator situation because we have talked to you a couple of times over the course of the last month. You're not here every week, but you're here enough and we love you for it where they were firing Todd Grantham and I kept saying to you is Mullen going to survive and you kept looking at me going I don't think so he is now fired he is fired after the overtime loss to Missouri I don't think uh shocked no one is shocked what why did this happen and unravel as quickly as it did where he's not even coaching the Florida State game to end the season what are you hearing and what's your read well, uh, you know, I chronicled all that the day after Grantham or the day Grantham got fired. You know, your listeners can go read my article on Major Wager. I mean, lots of reasons, but I mean, two and nine last 11 against Power Five about sums it up. Uh, look, Jeremy Foley, one of the worst ADs ever, um, hired Ron Zook, Will Muschamp, and Jim McElwain that had a combined three years of head coaching experience, all three years in the Mountain West group of five at Colorado State for McElwain. So this has got, this is a pressure cooker of a job. When, when Spurrier uh, resigned at his re resign uh, presser, he said, time for a new captain of this great big old battleship we call Gator football. You know, Billy Napier is, Napier is not battleship material. He's been a great coach at the Sunbelt level. He's had wild success uh, at Louisiana, but his clock management is sketch city last year against app state down five with the ball own 35 up by five he, on fourth and two. He doesn't punt or go for it. He tells Levi Lewis to run 35 yards away and not even to do it slowly and kill clock and just take a safety to make it a three point game where it could be a field goal game. And then like this guy, I've watched midweek games. I've had bets on him. He doesn't know what he's doing clock management wise. Um, I'm not saying it's less miles bad, Although that one against App State last year, I just gave you an example of was less miles bad. We need a proven winner. I want it to be Lane Kiffin. 
Mm. I'm not saying we could definitely get him. I know Ole Miss sitting broke. They got money. But he'd be a fool to turn Florida down. I think it should be Lane Kiffin. I hope it is. The only thing I know, and I don't know if he stays at Ole Miss, but wherever he ends up staying at Ole Miss or at LSU, who will come court him, Lane Kiffin, or Florida, he's going to make 3 or $4 million more a year. He, he is doubling or 40 to 45% more his money just because of what else is open. Back to the Florida situation. Mullen got this team into a New Year's Day bowl game a couple of times, including last year. They were on the cusp going toe-to-toe with Alabama last year in the SEC championship game. Now, again, they only played SEC teams all the way through the year uh, for last year. I, I guess one of the things that was being brought up is that that he had basically checked out on recruiting. And so this goes to the larger point. If the cupboard is bare, no matter who you're bringing in, they're going to struggle early on. Or are they not? If this is what was going on, I see you shaking your head. Follow up. No, the cupboard's not bare. And you might have the most talented quarterback in the country in Anthony Richardson, who just needs more experience, maturation, and, and uh you know, more, more snaps. I talk, Let me interject. I talked to yeah. a staunch Gator who said, we are not going to get anyone in the early signing period that can help us. This was we this guy's got, fear. We just got a, this was his we fear. Just got a, we just got a four-star yesterday who doesn't even know who the coach is. So, you know, whoever the new coach is, has been recruiting at whatever school he's at. And that, that those guys are going to want, look, the, the Florida fan base, which I'm a proud rep of, is full of a bunch of morons. Like every fan base. And, <laughs> right, and they're driving right. me nuts on Twitter. I can't right, even. Right. I can't even. Right. So, I understand I that. Uh, maybe, okay. maybe that was someone so in the know who told you that. Let's hone it in this way. You don't want um, the, the Lafayette coach, Louisiana coach. Yes, Napier. Lane, Napier. Na- Lane Kiffin likely not coming to Florida. Likely not, as much as you don't want to hear that. So if it's not those two, give me another name that you think might emerge. And another good point is, with Muschamp having failed, McIlwain having failed, and Mullen now having failed and run out, you've got some coaches that are going to look at that job and go, this is not Steve Spurrier's Florida job anymore. The the Florida Gator job is not what it was in the 90s and the early 2000s. There are going to be people that are going to look at that. So go ahead. Respond on all that. Sure it is. FSU and Miami are in the toilet right now uh the fact that we haven't taken more advantage of it especially on the recruiting trail is uh certainly uh unfortunate you know look the only thing i have with cristobal is that you know he's a cane and he was born and raised a cane and that's just on principalities but i mean i guess i wouldn't be pissed if it's cristobal he would he would dominate recruiting in south florida especially with miami and fsu uh so bad right now and um I think we could probably get crystal ball unless he's like me. And it's like, I'm a cane. I don't go to the Gators. Are you kidding me? I I can understand Oregon. And from talking to West coast people, he may be inclined just to sit at Oregon for another year, particularly if Miami is not open. If, if Manny Diaz has saved his job, crystal ball may just sit at Oregon and not look to go anywhere else. Because again, he's in arguably the second best Pac-10 or Pac-12 situation behind USC in terms of brand name recruiting, he could do a lot worse leaving Oregon. And a lot of people have pointed to the Willie Taggart thing and said, you screwed up because Oregon 
has less pressure, et cetera, more resources than Florida State. You took the Florida State job. You ruined that situation. You ruined your own Power 5 marketability. Cristobal was there on the staff is my point, Brian, and watch that. And he may just say, hey, if it's not the Miami job, I'm not interested in Florida. I'm not interested in LSU. I'm not interested in anything else. I'll sit here at Oregon for another year. That'll that'll be fun to watch on the carousel. Well, I just – when they hired Diaz – they were interested interested in Cristobal. I, I'm trying to remember, like maybe he just because Willie Taggart did the one and done, and he was on Taggart staff. Maybe he just did not want to do that to the Oregon players. I, I can't really remember all right. the circumstances, but I feel like Miami wanted him when they hired Diaz, and may, and maybe that, and that's good on him and his character. If he was just like, well, Oregon just hired me and gave me this money, and Willie just pulled a one and done on these guys. I'm not going to do that. Sure. And if so, kudos to him, and that speaks to his character. But I feel like Miami was interested in him a couple of years ago. And the question again is, has Manny Diaz done enough to survive and last another year? They do owe him a massive $15 million, something like that buyout. Do the Canes have that money? They, they need to find an AD. They fired the AD. Does the they AD, don't have a ton of money. Does the AD want to delete Diaz as soon as he gets the job, whether he's won a couple of games at the end of the year or not? We don't know that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see on the coaching carousel. And again, USC still open. Washington still open. Virginia Tech. It's going to be crazy. TCU. TCU oh, it's going to be crazy. You think so? All right. Um, so underdogs is what we are all about. It is Thanksgiving week. Let's get to it with a couple of them with you before you have to get out of here. You're going to go uh, right away in the college game, right back to the SEC um and uh, a couple of interesting ones so give me one that you like saturday night bluegrass state underdog for you yeah kentucky is uh a plus two and a half or three but i like them on the money line or, or you know get a little of both but more uh, catching the points by the uh half point the key number three if it's two and a half kentucky is eight and three straight up seven and four against the spread Louisville six and five, both straight up and against the spread. The Cardinals are number 101 nationally out of 130 FBS teams in pass defense. And now here comes Wandale Robinson and Josh Ali. And even though Ali missed a couple of games with an injury, the, the Robinson Ali combo has uh, combined for 122 receptions, 620 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns. And uh, Will Levis is in pretty good form the last three games, nine to three. TDI and T ratio and UK has beaten U of L 56 to 10, 45 to 13 in the last two head to head meetings. Now Louisville uh, has bounced back from back to back defeats to win two games straight, but uh, they are not playing Syracuse or Duke this week. Kentucky wins outright. And Kentucky uh, and Louisville, again, as you just referenced, did not play last year. As we keep talking about in these rivalry games, because the SEC did not allow out of conference games and only played within their own schools. So, uh, the, the rivalry resumes here. This one Saturday night at Papa John's, what was Papa John stadium. Now Louisville Cardinal stadium, I guess that they call it. And Malik Cunningham has been good as the quarterback there. Kentucky though, eight and three trying to be nine and three with the win. And there's a lot of talk that stoops might get in the, the Florida mix here are, I mean, are you negative? Well, he's that? been mentioned in the LSU mix, yeah. and that's one Kentucky fans would need to get nervous about for sure. All right, so uh, we'll see if uh, if Kentucky does well. I, I believe you also have a Friday Maction dog. Again, we released the podcast here on Three Dog Thursday for Thanksgiving Day, and you're looking at a Mac college football underdog as well. 
Yeah, Eastern Michigan plus nine at Central Michigan, noon Eastern kick on Friday. Uh, Central Michigan seven and four uh, straight up. They've won four of its last six, both straight up and against the spread. Both outright losses were by margins of eight and seven, which would be covers uh, with this nine point spread. In fact, only one team has beaten Eastern Michigan by more than eight this year, and that was at Camp Randall against Wisconsin. And most important, the EMU Eagles, Chris Creighton squad, 20 and three against the spread last 23 as road underdogs. So that's a, a convincing one. And again, that is a Black Friday game. You may not already know that result as we head to the weekend of college football and the NFL. Uh, and, and you liked one more kind of as a bonus. And that is also a Saturday night. And it involves a rivalry game and an SEC team again, which is. I'll go with South Carolina plus 11 at home to Clemson. Clemson has been a double-digit favorite six times this year. They're 0-6 against the spread in those spots. They've had four true road games, 1-3 against the spread, two outright losses, also lost outright in a neutral site game against Georgia. South Carolina's 5-1 straight up, 4-2 against the spread in six home games. The lone home loss was 16-10. Obviously, by six against Kentucky, that would be a spread cover with this double-digit uh, line. South Carolina's won four in a row at home, including uh, nighttime scalps of Florida and Auburn. This one's under the lights at night, and uh, williams Bryce is going to be rocking and rolling. Uh, I don't even know how many times in a row they've lost to him, but it's a bunch. Well, and most did, of again, them didn't play last year, so this right. is pent-up frustration uh, in the South Carolina Clemson game and Clemson is clearly gettable even in the games that they have won as you just mentioned they've been narrow wins and haven't been covering uh, lines uh, fascinating though that if Clemson wins the game for all the slings and arrows at Dabo Sweeney that his team will finish nine and three this year there are a lot of people that are acting like they're three and nine with the way that they've played so you like South Carolina in that spot off the big win over Auburn. A few more moments with Brian Edwards. He's at Vegas B Edwards on Twitter. Majorwager.com is where you read him. And you also get all the picks and the insight on Vegas Insider uh, as well. Uh, I did not squeeze anything out of you on the Florida, Florida State noon game. Florida is the favorite at home. Fascinating. This is the third time now that, our, that an interim coach has coached the game in the Florida, Florida State game where Jimbo Fisher didn't coach it a few years ago. Willie Taggart was fired a couple of years ago and now come around and Dan Mullen is fired. This is the interim coach edition uh, of the series recently for Florida and Florida state. You still have confidence in the Gators here with Florida state playing better football that the home field will mean something even with an interim coach. Yeah. Yeah. In this spot, I do now I have, I've been fading the Gators. I had Missouri on the money line uh, last week and uh, Missouri made my weekend um, I, I do, uh, like the Gators here. Look, the look ahead line, uh, last weekend was 10 and, um, you know, I wow. haven't confirmed anything. I saw some whispers and I have no idea. I probably shouldn't even say this, but, um, there were some whispers that Emory Jones got banged up at practice yesterday, but I, and I know the interim coach said Richardson is back healthy has looked good. So we may get a big dose of Richardson this week. Um, we'll see. Uh, but you know, that's, seven and a half point difference in the look ahead line just in over one results it seems to be an overreaction and florida state has played better and has won some games and uh, mike norvell can make a lot of friends if he's able to find a way to win in the rivalry game 
uh, when others have not been able to recently for Florida State. One more underdog, and you just you sampled. I, I said, hey, on the NFL buffet, give me an NFL underdog that stood out. You immediately went to Thanksgiving night again as we released the podcast and the Saints against the Buffalo Bills. You do realize Drew Brees is going to be in the broadcast booth. He's no longer the quarterback of the Saints. Trevor Simeon is making no one forget Drew Brees with how he's played. Are you playing running back Thursday night? They have no Alvin Kamara. The report is Mark Ingram's knee is so bad. He's going to be limited or not going to be able to play at all. I, I don't, is this Dalton Hilliard running the ball? Let's go back in the old days of the New Orleans Saints and name some running backs. What was it, Reuben Mays? Who else Who else can we name from the Saints that might be able to run the ball? The late Craig Ironhead, Hayward Wright ran for the Saints at one point. Who? I, I mean, I don't know who's going to run the ball, but you look at this is, this, is this more an anti-Buffalo, fading Buffalo here in the Superdome Thursday night if you're taking the Saints? Well, Buffalo is a good team to fade right now, but since it's an underdog show, let's throw out some underdog stats. The Saints are 12-2-1 against the spread. Their last 15 is underdogs, and in their last four is home underdogs. They're 3-0-1 against the spread. And look, both teams are struggling mightily. Uh, Buffalo's lost three of its last five games. The wins at home to Miami when uh, the Bills did not take their first lead until late in the third quarter. Um, the other win was against the Jets. And uh, in these five games, you know, three outright losses for Buffalo and one three and one against the spread. And, um, you know, New Orleans at home at night, uh, we're getting points here. Both teams struggling. Uh, I'll go with the Saints. Their defense is good, the Saints, right. and that may keep them in. And if you look at how bad Buffalo played in Jacksonville in a 9-6 loss and how bad they played last week at home with Indianapolis boat racing them, you got to be concerned about the Bills in and of themselves. Somebody gets better on Thanksgiving night, whether it's Buffalo or New Orleans, which has now lost three in a row since they beat my Buccaneers. We'll see if that is the case. One more second before you go. Thanksgiving coming. What's the favorite side again? I don't remember this from our previous conversations. If you could only have one side with the turkey or the ham, the side has to be on Thanksgiving Day. What is it? Well, it used to be cream corn and, okay. and or our stuffing with gravy. But, but now, uh, you know, well, in the last decade, we've lost a couple of our best chefs in the family. So right. the, the quality of the stuffing <laughs> has gone down. The quality <laughs> of the cream corn has gone down. So um, I'm going to say we've got some really great peas All right. uh, with get, rice and gravy. Get the and, peas. Uh, okay. All right. Rice I like that. And dessert is pumpkin pie. It's it's pecan pie. It's apple pie. It's it, what is it? We get a little of all that. Now, I, unlike others, I can't just go take a nap. I've got work to do and games to watch. Exactly. So I, I try to avoid the dessert in the afternoon. Now, later that night after some cold beverages, I'm sure. Yeah. So heap it on if that is the case. Listen, enjoy Thanksgiving. I know you're traveling. Uh, again, plug away on where your content is because this man, as he just said and alluded to, is all over it on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day and night, and all over it for Black Friday with college football going there. And then bananas, rivalry games everywhere, not just Friday night, but Saturday in college football. Plug away, Brian, on where they find it all. Yeah, they can find me on Twitter at VegasB Edwards. They can find uh, my content on VegasInsider.com, MajorWager.com, um, Brian Edwards Sports.com, uh, although I haven't been posting a lot there lately. And uh, man, have a great turkey day. And uh, 
No Billy Napier, hopefully Lane Kiffin and Go Gators this weekend, man. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go, Brian Edwards. We appreciate you. Great stuff. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see what happens with Florida, Florida State and the Gator coaching search and his underdogs as well. No huddle underdogs coming up as we continue. But first, we're brought to you by our friends at WinBet. Are you ready to win money and boost your odds? Well, WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. And we're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. You've got exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all the favorite teams, the players, the sports. We've got the NFL starting up soon. Uh, Major League Baseball is ongoing. You've got the golf. You've got the MMA. Uh, Pretty soon the NBA will be back. The NHL will be back. College football and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts from boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport. We have what you need with WinBet. If you're ready to play, sign up today. Get a special offer. Get a risk-free $500 bet from us at the Sports Gambling Podcast Network by just downloading and using our promo code SGPN. Download the WinBet app. Visit wynnbet.com. That's wynnbet.com to find out more right now. If you're ready to play, if you're ready to win, they're the premier sports betting experience. Download, bet, and win with WinBet. And we're brought to you by the guys at PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. PropSwap always has the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. You see a bet you like, but you think the price is too high, submit a bid for a price that you think is fair and then buy it. Use our promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will double it up to 500 bucks. Double the cash means double the odds. And if you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time. So your bet doesn't have to win to make money. It just needs to improve. Thousands of bettors across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap, where America buys and sells sports bets. And we're brought to you in part by Better Fantasy, the new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when your bet hits and even help raise money for charity along the way. They're a brand new company. They're looking to grow their adopter community. It's a slick, fun app to use. And one of the reasons why we love it here at SGPN is prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get in some prop bets on Better Fantasy. It's totally free to play. Download Load it for the iPhone or for Android. Check them out on the web, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell it B-E-T-T-O-R, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. And we're brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Have you heard about Prize Picks and the daily fantasy that they have made easy? You're going to love it if you just check it out. It is free to customize your sport and give you some under and overs that you like for the upcoming week as well. Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. And Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes every game. They offer any prop you can think of yardage touchdowns in football interceptions thrown three pointers block shots whatever in basketball on and on and any users that deposit right now on prize picks and use our promo code sgp get a 100 percent 
instant deposit match up to $100. Again, pick two to five players, pick an under over on their projection, went up to 10 times the amount of your entry. It is you against the projected number with prize picks. Again, use the award-winning app in the App Store, the Google Play Store. The entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It is easy to sign up and to get in with prize picks. And again, use our promo code SGP. Get a 100% instant deposit bonus match up to $100. Go to the App Store. It's prize picks. Daily fantasy made easy. We're also brought to you by our friends at BetQL Daily. Do you feel like the last one out when it comes to sports betting? You don't know where to start? understand where the market is moving and use smart bets out there and have some fun while you're doing it with our friends at BetQL. And the BetQL Daily is a must-listen show for sports bettors and fans alike. Check out these guys. They're hilarious. They mix it up. The insults are flying between the hosts and the betters. It's interactive. And the guys, Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, and Aaron Hawksworth, they serve up what they call wager entertainment, the sports talk you love with betting insights that you need each weekday. Find out where the market's moving across the week on the biggest sporting events. If you miss out on the early games, BetQ Daily has you covered there too with recaps and some of the the best to recent line movements as well. Again, check them out at BetQ Daily. If you're not sure where to start with sports betting, start it with BetQ Daily. Listen weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on Odyssey, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, BetQL Daily. We're also brought to you in part by SoBet. Since when is sports betting supposed to be so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around at a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account and find out for yourself. Fully functioning, free web application. You can access a demo of their app that will launch next fall. That app includes consensus lines from Las Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via a text, a QR code, or links, among other methods. No money is transacted on the app, and it's purely competitive. Next time that you're going to be out with your friends watching sports, turn it up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and See who can hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off the Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing the metric if they want, as long as somebody's on the other side to accept it. Let's go back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io. That's SoBet.io and join the revolution. And we're brought to you by our friends at Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a new free-to-play app that lets you sync your fantasy football league and bet on the matchups. You can cash out for gift cards when you hit your bets and even help raise money for charity along the way. It's a brand new company looking to grow their early adopter community. It's a slick app. It's fun to use. And one of the reasons we love it is it also offers prop betting. So if you're in a state that hasn't legalized gambling yet, you can get some prop bets going on Better Fantasy. Totally free to play. Download it now for iPhone or for Android and check them out online, betterfantasy.com slash SGPN. Again, spell better, B-E-T-T-O-R, fantasy.com slash S-G-P-N. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content 
from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. Dogs are barking. Who will get it done this week? Three Dog Thursday now continues. Here again is TJ Reeves. We do resume. Always love the insight of all of our different guests and analysts all over the country talking about underdogs, college football, and the NFL. It is a Thanksgiving edition of the program. In just a second, we're going to kick off the No Huddle Underdogs with a guy that's working on Thanksgiving night in the Egg Bowl for Ole Miss and Mississippi State in college football. Uh, a reminder again, however you're finding us, however you're hearing us, we're here on Thursdays, podcast days, relevant through the weekend. And we always love the insight on the Saturday and Sunday games in particular. And the NFL is going to become much more prevalent here with college football winding down in championship week next week. I can't believe it's already the championship games. And before we know it, there'll be bowl games in the college football playoff as well. Let's get underway with the no huddle underdogs. I love getting to talk this man. I've had two different people, not just one, two different people say, where is stats? I love my man stats coming on three dog Thursday or all the different content that I have. He's back. Brett Norsworthy. He is part of the afternoon show. Sports 56 WHBQ in Memphis. Gabe and Stats take you on your drive home in Memphis. He's also part of the Ole Miss radio broadcast. Proud to say that I've known this man for about 25 years. He's been setting me straight for that long. Good to have you back, Brett Norsworthy, on Three Dog Thursday. TJ, great to be with you. And this is my favorite weekend of the year in college football. All the rivalries, all the trophies, the state championships, the the rivalry games. It's what makes college football. It, it's what really t- kind of turned me into a college football fan. When I was a little guy, when I would hear Keith Jackson say, on the banks of the old Intangi for the Michigan-Ohio State game, I thought he was saying like old, like O-L-D. I didn't know that it was a one-word It was a one <laughs> word river by the stadium, the, the old Intangi River. But th- this weekend is what makes it so much fun. Thursday night, Thanksgiving night for me. I'll be at the battle for the golden egg, and it's always fun field, usually very exciting. Uh, Two years ago, both coaches, the winner and the loser, got fired after this game. So it's a rivalry that means a lot and on display in Starville. Well, there is so much there on the Egg Bowl, and I got I got stats going to the Iron Bowl too, Alabama Auburn. You mentioned the rivalry games, and you mentioned pronouncing words and saying things. In the South, we like to say, "Let's get down to business." A lot of people don't understand that that word is not spelled B I D N E S S in the South, nope. right? Stats. That's how we spell it. They're getting that, down that, to business in a lot correct. of these rivalry games, aren't they? Well, they are, and it means so much. And and pe- people ask me now. Now, look, I, I want to be you know clear. I've never been to a Michigan Ohio State game. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's right. a big rivalry. But one thing about the Egg Bowl, one thing about the Iron Bowl, one thing about the state championship in Florida with FSU in Florida, even Georgia and Georgia Tech, South Carolina and Clemson, all those have something in common. That's all in-state against right. in-state. Right. You right. have to live with this in. You know, Florida's not, but in, in a lot of these states, in really small states, you got to get up on Sunday morning and go to church with these people. You got to see them at the Rotary Club. You got to see them at, at the golf course. You, ha- you have to be around them in victory or in defeat. 
I think it's a great point uh, that you make because Oregon, Oregon State, a game that you and I have never been to. It's the same For thing. Sure. They used right. to call it the right. Civil War. It's not anymore. Uh, in, in the state of Alabama, we know this. They they have two days of the week and two, two days of the entire year. The day before the Auburn-Alabama game and the day after the Auburn-Alabama game when they're talking about the game again next year. and They're about to play the Iron Bowl uh, this weekend. So we, we love all of this for every which direction. Before you get to some analysis on that Egg Bowl one more time, and I think I know where you're going with your underdog, this coaching carousel is going to be crazy. In the previous segment before you came on, Brian Edwards, my, my senior handicapper from Vegas Insider, he's a Gator guy, and he said, hey, Lane Kiffin to the Gators. I said, listen, Lane Kiffin's name is going to get mentioned everywhere ex- except maybe cooking with Rachel Ray for Thanksgiving weekend on the, on the Food Channel. He's going to get mentioned uh, everywhere. I just I know this. He's going to get two or three million dollars more a year in salary where he gets whether he gets it from Ole Miss or he gets it from LSU or from Florida or from somewhere else. His name is being hotly mentioned, but LSU is open. Florida is open. USC is open. Virginia Tech, Washington. It's crazy what this is going to be like the next couple of weeks off the field, isn't it? It already has been, and whatever Lane Kiffin does and wherever he coaches next year, and I sure want it to be at Ole Miss, and until it, until I see the change, I'm going to believe he's going to be at Ole Miss next year, and I sure want him to. He's earned it. Look what he's done in these two years, five and five last year, come to Tampa, get to see you at the Outback Bowl and yep. treated fabulously by those great people at the Outback Bowl. And now this year, if he closes it out with a win, in the Egg Bowl, that's ten and two. That's fifteen and seven in two years. If he's win, if he wins, it, 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 it's fourteen and eight. If he doesn't win, that's remarkable achievement in his two years in Oxford at Ole Miss. So, so I, I'm not as worried about Florida and LSU as as it concerns Lane Kiffin as I am Miami, the U, because he, he's got a home in in Boca. Got his great boat. He love he loves that sunshine life. He knows he can recruit. In South Florida, and he he would win. He's going to win big wherever he is. But I think Miami, I respect I respect your your guy as well. Uh, but but I I think the one to worry about is more Miami. It sounds like Florida is ta- is trending toward Billy Napier, but the right. Bob Stook stuff won't go away. And until that is Kai Bosch, that that's an interesting play because he was the wildly successful defensive coordinator. Yes, he for was Steve Spurrier, for Spurrier's one national championship. Does Mario Cristobal enter that conversation? Does Cristobal leave Oregon, which is a really good job, one of the two premier jobs in the West, high-paying job? He saw what happened to Willie Taggart leaving, as I pointed out in the first segment, Brett. Uh, And maybe the grass isn't greener if you do that than staying at Oregon. I don't know. I don't know, but it's going to be crazy, crazy on the carousel. I, I know this for Manny Diaz. He can't take a loss to Duke. Well, right, and they're going to probably win that game. But has he done enough at the end of the season here to hang on to it for a new AD and the new Close AD call. in the equation? I don't know. I don't know what yeah. they're going to do uh, with Miami, that's for sure. So let's get back into it for this weekend. You are you are looking at the Ole Miss Rebels as the Egg Bowl uh, underdog on Thursday night. Again, if you're listening to us after Three Dog Thursday, after Thanksgiving, you already know the result. The interesting thing about this is the road team is covered – in each of the last six games, and Ole Miss would be the road team in this situation. Give me a little more insight here for Three Dog Thursday purposes on a no-huddle underdog. Well, when the line first came out, it was Ole Miss minus two and a half, and now it's kind of swung completely back around to Mississippi State being a one-and-a-half, two-point favorite. I like Ole Miss in this game, and not just because a lot of it's the partisanship, but it's not entirely that. 
But I like the ability to run the ball and maybe as much as a Lane Kiffin offense will ever do, slow it down a little bit and kind of kind of try to soak that clock a little bit. I'm not talking full Dean Smith four corners by any means, but just try <laughs> to run the ball, a little time of possession, and keep Will Rogers off the field. What you cannot do to Will Rogers is, is you almost cannot blitz him. You have to try to, to, to defend him. You have to try to cover him because he if, if, if you blitz him, he makes that first guy miss, then he is surgical. He is a really, really great pocket present, presence quarterback. He's got a receiver. He's got 88 receptions for yep. the season. There have been some great receivers at Mississippi State. I think of Marty McDowell in the late 70s. I think of Eric Moles in the 90s. That they 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 barely had they they had a little more than that, but they had around a hundred catches for a career at state. Mackay Pope with eighty-eight <laughs> catches this year, and he fans it out. It, there's there's at least four that gets the distribution of the Will Rogers passes. But I think Ole Miss can defend him. They can rush him just with the three man and and try to get Sam Williams near the uh, near or at the quarterback, and then on offense, Matt Crow play that steady game. And Ole Miss win a, a, a shootout, a wild one. Well, again, a couple of points here. Mike Leach has had success, obviously, everywhere he's been with quarterbacks at Texas Tech with a bevy of them, uh, with a couple of guys, Luke Falk and Gardner Minshew at Washington State. He now comes here, and the Rodgers kid has blossomed because I, I saw him as a freshman last year against Alabama, deer in the headlights. But, man, has he come on in year two. And even if they are trailing, they are a great come-from-behind team with him triggering that offense. So this will be a wild uh, egg bowl. One more for the audience. Set the scene, whether it's in Oxford, in this case it's in Starkville. What is the atmosphere in the game like in the hated in-state rivalry in Mississippi? Share it with the audience real quick. As soon as you get out of the vehicle, whether it's in Oxford or at Starkville, you can feel it. It's palpable. It's real. And it is good old-fashioned animus. It is, it, it is hatred, especially for that night. And that settles down as the, the course of your lives go on. And it's not always at that pitch level. But on game night, I, I love it. I love it on Thanksgiving night. I like that we're the feature college football game on Thanksgiving night, uh, about the only college show in town. I think there's an afternoon game. As, as well on Thanksgiving afternoon in college, and there's the NFL game. But it's it, the eyes of the college football world on Mississippi. And I, I loved it in 2014 and 2015 when both teams were really good. And this year when we're both really good, I told Mississippi State friends of mine, this makes it better. It's a lot more fun when this game is played to decide real bowl and, and potentially even college football uh, uh, play-in games or, or the New Year's Six games. I like it when it matters more like this instead of winner goes to the Poulan boat bowl and the loser fires her coach. <laughs> well said on all of that. I love this man's insight. And you'll double dip with Alabama Auburn on the plains at uh, Jordan Hare. I worked that game a year ago when the tide put it on them. Unbeaten season ended up winning the national championship. I don't know that Auburn's going to have much. And it's what a 20 point spread, something like that rivalry game though we do not know in rivalry games weird things happen right for saturday and the, and the alabama auburn game always I always like to talk about the auburn voodoo especially when bama has to go down there on display prominently in 2013 with the kick six nick saban's only three and three only three and three is alabama head coach in in, in auburn he, he he's lost he lost in 2013 on the kick six he lost in 2017 
to the great play of Jarrett Stidham. He lost in 2019 to the great play of Bo Nix. That was Mac Jones, I think, first college start that day. And T.J. Finley now is going to be in the starting role as the Auburn quarterback, and Alabama is going to try to light him up. But it is a one unbelievable scene. Now, I will tell you, as much as I've enjoyed the Iron Bowl at the respective campuses in Tuscaloosa and in Auburn, there was no better scene ever for me in college football than going to the Iron Bowl in Birmingham, where it wasn't very neutral for Auburn, in fairness, and David Housel recognized that. And I think that all-time series would be a lot closer if Auburn didn't have to play those home games in <laughs> Birmingham. Because Birmingham is very much a, a, a Alabama sure. town in proximity to Tuscaloosa, you know, e- e- even even better than, than for Auburn. But it is a great game. And Alabama playing for the, the big stakes. They're already in the SEC championship game, but they've, they have to win. If they didn't have Bryce Young, I think this would be a very average team, a three- or four-loss team. But Bryce Young is something, and he's coming on strong down the back stretch for the Heisman Trophy. Agreed on all of those things. Again, he is at Brett Norsworthy on Twitter. Afternoon show is at Sports 56 WHBQ. Find he and Gabe Kuhn there each and every weekday afternoon. Uh, Talking up the college football and much more stats. I always love you being with me. As if I have to say it, have a blast at the Egg Bowl, have a blast at the Iron Bowl. I called that game a year ago with the Alabama win. There's just something about these rivalries and these great games. And I love talking about it with you on Three Dog Thursday. Thank you, my friend, as always. Thank you, TJ. These are the games that made college football famous, whether it was Chris Shankle doing the games or Keith Jackson are now the great, the great voices of college football. This is the weekend that made college football no huddle underdog picks continuing i cannot believe it let me look at my ledger is this right this man has not been on in the college football season as of yet but the season ain't over and he is here as part of the michigan ohio state rivalry game this weekend to talk on three dog thursday about whether go blue is going to go big and going to finally beat the buckeyes or not dan leach of 97 won the ticket uh my detroit brother from another mother hanging up there, freezing his tail off while it's 78 degrees here in Tampa Bay. Anyway, enough about that. That's enough out of you. How you been? Good to have you back on Three Dog Thursday. What is your Listen, it's amazing to be back. Secondly, I begged to like come on seven different times and you said I didn't make the cut. So it's not like I didn't want to be on. And I know I'm your favorite guest ever. But But unless we're torturing like captured potential terrorists by making them listen to us talk about the Lions, why would I bring you on to talk about the Lions? It's that bad. It's well, because I, I can make I can make anything sound amazing, but no, it's it's great to see you. You, I was telling you before we got started here, one of my all time favorite people. Always love having you on. Always love being on your your different uh, you know projects. And uh, this is about as big of a game as I'll ever be going to. I mean, I've been going to Michigan games my whole life. TJ, you know, I'm obviously a broadcaster, but a fan first. I've been a fan since I was a very young kid. And I I think this is the biggest game in Ann Arbor since 97 Ohio State, Michigan. Interesting. And there are some games. I mean, obviously the 06 game when they were one and two is a big deal, but you you couched it correctly with the game at the big house here for how this is going to go down. Uh, or not so give us a sense here this game was not played a year ago and there is so much anticipation among Michigan fans because of the season that they have had to this point at being 10 and one that they can win this game what's it been like with the callers what's it like among the Michigan fans etc with their optimism for this game real quick 
Well, and, and listen, it's 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 been very frustrating, as you know, being a Michigan fan. And, and I will never waver. And you mentioned the Lions, too. I'll never waver with them either because they'll win a Super Bowl in like 2070, and I'll be there for it. I'll be like 100 whatever years old. <laughs> but it, it's it's one of these things, TJ, where for a few years now, ever since I was in Columbus in the ridiculous Ohio State student section, I think Ohio State has scored again, the Dwayne Haskins game. Uh, and, and that was the last chance they had to, you know, beat Ohio State, go to Indy for the first time under Jim Harbaugh, have a chance that that year they would have beaten Northwestern. So they would have gone to the playoff. This year might be a little trickier with Iowa or uh, Wisconsin. And I've kind of been hard on Jim Harbaugh. I respect the heck out of him. It's not a personal thing. I, he's obviously a great, you know, he's been a great coach. I don't think he's been a great coach at Michigan. He's been very good, but he's failed in all these different big moments. And you see what he did with San Francisco with the Niners, at least three straight NFC title games. St. Diago in the FCS back-to-back 11-win seasons. They were garbage. Stanford, a perennial power five doormat. They beat USC as 40-point underdogs. He got them back to relevance before David Schultz are going to step further. And then at Michigan, you know, 9-10, 11-win seasons. Great. But 0-5 against the Buckeyes. 3-9 against Michigan State and Ohio State. And failing in all these, I, I say the 10 biggest moments in the Harbaugh era, they're all losses. And I did a show on this earlier this year. And, and this year, you've got Penn State, Wisconsin, and Nebraska all on the road, all wins, and in many different scenarios, pretty much all scenarios in the Harbaugh era, those would be losses. And the other thing that was crazy, TJ, is that they beat Wisconsin earlier this year. They were a small underdog. That was the first time Michigan won as an underdog. Since 2015, they were the only team in the FBS to not win a single game as an underdog. And I know Michigan's favored in the majority of their games, but that's still, even San Jose State won a game as an underdog. Eastern Michigan, who used to be bad, now they're great alma mater. But it's, it's this thing with Jim Harbaugh that he can't win in the biggest moments. And once again, kind of out of nowhere, I thought they'd be a nine and maybe a best 10 win team this year, but they've got a chance to beat Ohio State, go to Indy, and dare I say, go to the playoffs. And I'm nervous and I'm anxious, but having that chance is what matters right now. So I wonder, uh, when I saw the line and what do I know, I thought you know the things. line would be at least like 12, 14 points. I thought it was going to be 10. I thought it'd be and, and so it's it's interesting that it was lower than that initially, and now it has been bet up to like eight and a half or nine at the time that we're taping heading towards the weekend. So I was just going to ask you, did it surprise you? And you just said you thought it would be more because Ohio State has been a 10 or more, 15 or more, and in, even in the last few weeks, 20 or more point favorite, covering it with no problem. Even on the road, I thought this would be bigger, but maybe the odds makers believe here this is a real puncher's chance for Michigan. Well, a couple of things. You brought up some great points there. First off, definitely a puncher's chance. Secondly, you can't look at what happened to Michigan State. I know Michigan State beat Michigan. I was there. TJ is one of the greatest games I've ever been to in person until the end. And once again, that was the whole Harbaugh thing about not closing out teams and outplaying teams like they did against the Buckeyes in the, C- the JT Baird game and Michigan State trouble to snap and Michigan State this year can't finish those games in the end. But this Michigan team is – that's why they were ranked. Like Gary Barta mentioned on the committee – you know, ranking show why Michigan was ranked higher, even though they lost to Michigan state, they are the better team. They have the better defense. They have the more consistent offense. Yeah. They don't have Kenneth Walker, but they got Haskins and they've got Cora when he's been healthy and they've got Kate McNamara who's gotten better as the season's gone on. So when I thought this line would be around 10 and Ohio state is at another level and they've been destroying people, including Purdue who just beat Michigan state. And then of course, Michigan state, it was, I think it was 49, nothing in three seconds in that game. Mm-hmm. So I, I have good friends that left that game at halftime. That's garbage, but when you look at this this game, and, and you mentioned the line down to eight and a half, uh, actually it was nine and a half yesterday, and there has been some sharp money that's come out of Michigan. It's too many points in this kind of a rivalry game, but based on the history, it seems like Ohio State should be favored by 17. 
That being said, I look at all the things that Michigan has improved throughout the season. Also last week against Maryland. I know Maryland's not that great, but Michigan waxed them 59-18 after they won that big game on the road against Penn State. In many different situations, even the Rutgers game earlier this year, after Michigan had some nice wins, they would struggle in these games getting ready for the big game. Michigan's hitting on all cylinders. And they, they, I feel like not only can they be in this game, but based on what we've seen them in throughout the season, but the Michigan defense with Hutchinson and Olave and Dax Hill and the way that they can hopefully get after C.J. Stroud, who no one really has been able to do so far. Of course, Michigan State couldn't. That is why, to me, I think this is going to be a competitive game. I think Ohio State's clearly the better team, but Michigan puncher's chance, they actually have a legitimate chance based on the fact that it's at home. The atmosphere is going to be crazy. I've been in so many Ohio State, Michigan games in Ann Arbor. There's, it's just, you just feel it in the air, my friend. And to me, I think Michigan, if they get a, a good tone set early, this will be a battle the whole way. Voice of Dan Leach with us for just another moment or two. No huddle underdog pick. You can tell he's going Wolverines here. He's on 97-1, the ticket. He's at uh, Dan Leach, 97-1. Uh, on social media where you find him there Uh, for the audience. I have never been to this game. I'm just curious uh, to hear the stories from all those that have give me the scene setter on a morning for a noon game in Ann Arbor. What's it like? How early you get there? What's the tailgate like? Because again, you got to be ready quicker than a three 30 Eastern time game for the rivalry game. But what is it like? What will it be like Saturday? By the way, I know this is the no huddle show. Can I run a hot route? Hot route. I want to run a hot route. Hot route. Run it. TJ, there's not many things better than Ann Arbor on a game day anyway. And and I'm glad you asked me this because I was just talking about this on my my show, the Detroit City Cast, earlier today. And I will probably, I'm I'm, uh, luckily calling a state championship game on Friday night at Ford Field, Chelsea and, and Unity Christian. Good for you. Thank you. And I would be fired up anyway but I'll be filled with adrenaline that night. I'll probably get to sleep around, if, I, if I'm lucky, 3 a.m. to 5 a.m. I plan on leaving at 5 a.m., getting up to Ann Arbor around 5.45. There are electronic scooters in Ann Arbor, which I love, and I used to scoot around and go to different tailgates and say hi to the That's fans, tremendous. sign autographs, take selfies. Unfortunately, when I went to the Michigan State-Michigan game in East Lansing, they shut the scooters off on game day because the Spartan students are silly nannies. But I'll be up there... <laughs> Before it's light outside, it's supposed to be about 37 or so, sunny but cold and a little windy. And there's, you know, just to set the scene on what it's like, I'll get up there early. You'll start seeing the tailgates get set up. I've got friends that set up their tailgates early, so I'll be with them. You're having the coffee. You're having the omelets. I I, I tailgate right where the band practices, right next to the band building. So you hear the warm-ups from the band and you feel the crisp fall air when it comes to this weekend with a Michigan-Ohio State game, which has basically always been a noon game except here and there, maybe a 3.30 uh, in occasional years. And there's just something in the – whether it's just a regular Ohio State-Michigan game, not for all the marbles, or what this is going to be on Saturday, there's something special there, TJ. It's in the air. You know this is one of the great rivalries in sports. I know Ohio State owned Michigan for about 14 years, but it still is one of the great rivalries in all sports. College game day is going to be there. You know, there's going to be a lot of Buckeye fans floating around, hopefully not, you know, causing any trouble. And you, you'll you see that build as it gets from 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. And then more people are getting up there and there's traffic. Then I stand, as I mentioned, the tailgate right by where the band building is. And they, the, you know, the Michigan band will get together and start playing and then walk themselves up with the fans towards the stadium, which is right down the street from where we're at. And that's when you know you're getting close to something that's very, very unique and very, you know, humbling 
to be a part of that I've luckily been a part of a lot of my life, you know, going back to when I was a kid and going to these games in the, the 80s and 90s. And there's not many things like it. I mean, I know the SEC's got great stuff, TJ. I know, you know, other schools have great atmospheres, but there's just something about Ann Arbor. It's not just because I'm a Michigan fan. It's just really, really special. And you know, you're part of these, you know, a century plus of history. And I, I, I probably will get at most two hours sleep getting ready to go up there. Understood on that one. We got to run in just a second. So give me a quick one. If sure. Harbaugh doesn't win this game, and the talk continues. Cannot win the big one. Cannot win the Big Ten. He had to reduce his contract. They extended it, et cetera. Does the, even with a ten and one record coming in, if he doesn't win this game, does it put more pressure back on him? Does it make him crazier than the crazy guy he already is? I, I wonder. I wonder if the, for all the buildup, they don't win it again. What about that relationship? And can Listen, it sustain when he can't this, beat Ohio State? This is the old question that I've been asking for the last several weeks. Asked it to my guest, uh, the beat writer for the Wolverines from the Detroit News, and my man Terry Foster, a longtime media legend here. This is the big question, and it's what is acceptable at Michigan? Is it okay to be a 10-win team, go to New Year's Six Bowls, but be on Texas against uh, the Buckeyes? Is it okay to be a, a team that never gets to Indy, you know, loses to Michigan State? Uh, three and nine against your rivals in year seven under Jim Harbaugh, or is it about finding somebody like a Brian Harson? I'm not saying specifically now or Matt Campbell in the past or whoever that is, uh, you know, and getting them in Ann Arbor with the facilities and the alumni and the cachet and the, the resources and the endowment and saying, okay, maybe this, this guy can do it better because that's the big question right now. If you lose again, you think Urban Meyer would be allowed to be in Columbus if he was 0-6 against Michigan? You think right. anybody, you know, John Cooper, I know it was 1-9-1, it was a different era. Now you're in the playoff, you know, playoff era where you got four teams. I just, that's the big question. I mean, he's not going to lose his job if they lose, even if they get blown out, because he's, he's gained a little grace back after really struggling last year in the weird COVID year and all the other issues he's had. But it's about what is acceptable in Ann Arbor. And if it's losing to the Buckeyes but getting to New York Six Bowls, then everything's fine. If it's okay, we've got to beat Ohio State, what's the point of him being there if he can't? And, and, and all the other stuff, then there's questions to be asked. He is safe, though, after this year for at least another year or two based on what happened this year. I thought they were going to win nine games this year. But that's the big question, TJ, that we're all asking uh, as far as what Michigan and Harbaugh is all about. No questions about this guy. Again, have a great call. First of all, have a happy Thanksgiving because we're going to the podcast on Thanksgiving Day. Have a great call in the state title game that you are working uh, up there. And then have a blast at the big house for Michigan and Ohio State. It should be uh, a wild game, and it may be a very close, dramatic game because it's hanging in the balance for whoever loses for the college football playoff, not just the Big Ten title game. So we'll see. Dan Leach, always a treat. Thank you for hanging on the No Huddle Underdog picks. It's an honor. I can't wait to be there. Win or lose, I'd rather be there than not be there. So I can't wait till Saturday. And happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. 42-39 Michigan's my official prediction. And to close it out here as part of the No Huddle Underdogs, it is my boxing wingman from the website Big Fight Weekend and the Big Fight Weekend podcast that I host. He's always on it with me whenever we're talking the fights, the sweet science, big weekend of boxing to get to. But he's here to talk football underdogs and a little NFL before we get to that. Marquise Johns back with me, who used to live with me in the Tampa Bay area, not with me, not with me and the wife and the twins, but actually <laughs> in the Tampa Bay area, then decided to move to the mile high city of Denver just in time for winter 2021 to hit, including on the day that we are taping 
in which the snowfall continues to come down. Marquise's usual ride home is about 30 minutes. It took about 72 hours for him to get home in the snow. My friend, I'm glad you made it. I don't know if you're going to have to shovel your way out, uh, but uh, good to have you here for the No Huddle Underdogs for a moment or two to help me with an underdog pick. How are you? Have you thought out as of yet? I am great, TJ, just living in a winter wonderland here as it is officially the first day of winter here in Great Denver. Didn't get the memo on that one. Uh, gotta, love, gotta love 26 and flurries, TJ, 26 and flurries. Didn't, didn't know, didn't know. Yeah, the snow was coming down in late November just in time for the Thanksgiving holiday. So we've talked a lot of college football with the no huddle underdogs. I'm looking strongly at the Denver Broncos, right in the market where you are coming off the bye week. This is a hard team to figure out. Beat bad teams at the beginning of the year to get 3-0. Then swooned and looked bad for a couple of weeks. Then got it back together, and they were beating the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys back a couple of weeks ago, up 30 to nothing in Big D. Turn right around and come home and play Philadelphia, and Philadelphia bushwhacked them and beat them badly. So it's kind of tough to figure out the Broncos just in general terms right now. But by the same token, off the bye week, I kind of like them here against the L.A. Chargers, Marquise Johns. You know what, TJ? It's one of those teams with the Broncos. I just don't think, TJ, at the end of the day, this Broncos team is as good as they are or as good as they made themselves out to be. I really also think as well because the big thing going on in town here during during the bye week was uh, because of the last loss that the Broncos had, they were trying to figure out what version of Teddy Bridgewater are we going to get? Are we going to get the one that's actually going to hit receivers in the numbers or the one that's going to miss tackles on pick sixes? That's, that's been the big scuttlebutt <laughs> here the entire bye week. And they, they can't figure out which one is which. Uh, I... TJ, I personally don't think the Broncos are, are any work on even either A, put up enough points to either justify either the 48 and a half that the Lions currently at as we're recording this, or B, even cover the three, point, this, the three points in general. I just think that this is a get-back game for the Chargers, and I just, I just think they're going to put it on them personally. Wow. All right, so you have no belief in the, in the doggy that I have. I'm still selling two more things. Uh, number one, okay, so they traded away Vaughn Miller. I get that. Uh, but by the same token, this team has been pretty good defensively, um, and I, I think they probably will be. Now, the Chargers played that wild game with the Steelers, but they play inside. They play in L.A. It's warm. It's cold there now and snowing, but you told me it's going to warm a little bit on Sunday afternoon and be decent, so the Chargers get a break with that. I just think coming coming out on the road for L.A. here, I like Denver to find a way to win this game, and you're giving me three points. Uh, I, I'm going to go with Bridgewater. I, I think they'll run it a little bit with Melvin Gordon and play enough defense. Yes, the Chargers are explosive, but heck, uh, the, Justin Herbert looked uh, very vulnerable against the New England Patriots at home, for example. He's he's had some games where he has looked shaky a couple of times. I think the mile-high crowd could get to him. I think Denver wins this game. So I'm going with them as an underdog. You're staying away from that on the no-huddle underdogs. But you like another game in particular. It's going to be a marquee matchup this weekend. What What is that game that you like? Yeah, TJ, the game that I like instead of that Broncos game, uh, I like a lot this Rams-Packers game with the Packers getting a point with Aaron Rodgers in his COVID toe, which is a new injury on the depth chart that I've learned this week. I like that game a lot uh, with, with, uh, with the Rams, only for the simple reason, TJ. We don't know what version of Matt Stafford we're going to get. Uh, right. At, 
And the last few weeks I've seen of Matt Stafford, TJ, remind me of the Matt Stafford I saw watching the Lions play football. And as I last my check, TJ, Odell Beckham is not Calvin Johnson and, and Robert Woods is out for the year. I just don't see them being. So the- if anybody is an expert on Matt Stafford throwing interceptions, blunders and losing games, Marquise is a is a native Michigander and watched this over and over again. And I, I think there's some real reality check on how he has played recently with the loss to Tennessee, where he was throwing interceptions in a pick six, the loss to the Chargers, or I'm sorry, to the 49ers on Monday Night Football the last time we saw them, again throwing bad interceptions. Is that the real Matt Stafford standing up at the wrong time here? I think you're banking on that a little bit. And the Packers lost a wild game with the Vikings, but they are coming back home, COVID toe or not, for their quarterback. Aaron Rodgers, you just have belief in Green Bay. I have belief in Green Bay, TJ, and also the fact that they're going to run the football down everybody's throat. And the one thing that the Rams have on defense is the Von Miller they traded for, but they don't really put them in against run situations. And I think right. the Packers are going to run just to death, actually, with A.J. Dillon. I don't know, I don't know the stats of Aaron Jones again, but I think A.J. Dillon's going to be the primary carrier at this point. Well, and but remember, no, the- they, have, they have Aaron Donald. They have some guys. I saw that team at field level in September that got Jalen Ramsey that can cover, but yeah. – I mean, San Francisco ran all over them, to your Mm. point. And so you wonder, now Green Bay's got some injuries that they've had on their offensive line. You wonder if Green Bay can run it. But you make a good point, uh, because even in their loss to the Cardinals, which again is going back six weeks ago or so, the Cardinals ran on them. And uh, we'll just see here about this Rams team. All I know is when they traded for Vaughn Miller and Odell Beckham, OBJ back-to-back, Everybody anointed them. They're going to win the Super Bowl. They have not won a game since those two trades. They lost to Tennessee. They turn around and lose to the 49ers. You got to still go out and do the work, right, Marquise? Absolutely, TJ. And the one thing that the Rams did for these train for these Pro Bowl players, TJ, is that if they don't, if they're not playing in the in the Super Bowl, they will be available for said Pro Bowl the week beforehand, which doesn't really help them at all whatsoever for that championship they're trying to play for. Okay, so he's going Green Bay on the no huddle underdogs. I love that about you. Before we get out of here, it's a big, not just turkey, food, and lots of calories weekend, but it's a big boxing weekend. Let's elaborate. We're writing about it on BigFightWeekend.com. We're talking about it on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. It'll be out after Thanksgiving on Friday, depending on when they're hearing us here. A couple of very intriguing championship fights that are going to go on this weekend, Marquise, in a couple of different locales, one of them in New York, the other one in Las Vegas. Absolutely, TJ. Let's start with the one in New York because for the ninth time, it's finally going to happen. We're getting Teofimo Lopez and George Cambosas Jr. after numerous, and I mean numerous, delays to the point of no return. And we're getting that up on Friday, uh, Saturday night at, at the Hulu Theater, where it's supposed to be at the first place to begin with uh, on the zone. Uh, that's going to be an interesting matchup uh, for uh, Teofimo Lopez and his undisputed 135 uh, title status. Was be his last fight at 135? I think it is personally. Well, we'll see. We'll find out what happens when he faces the, his IBF mandatory and Cambosis, who's been waiting and holding hostage. And, and is looking, TJ, you may have heard this before, to shock the world this weekend in the, in the world of boxing. Cambosis <laughs> is an Australian, little known. Lopez, big puncher at lightweight. Uh, hasn't fought in a year. What will he look like? Will he be rusty? And again, this is at the Hulu Theater adjacent to the Madison Square Garden main arena. That'll be interesting for Saturday night. DAZN streaming showing that. Meantime, fight fans, there is a Showtime boxing card, and this one could be all action. A couple of weight classes down at Super Bantamweight, 122 world title fight. Tell me more, Marquise, about Brandon Figueroa 
Stephen Fulton. Unless you're a fight fan, you may not know those names, but there could be a lot of action with these guys on Showtime Saturday night from Vegas, right? Absolutely, TJ. And in fact, if you don't know those names on Saturday night, if you're nearby uh, watching Showtime, check these guys out. It's a unification bout at 122 pounds between uh, Philadelphia's Stephen Fulton and Brandon, the heartbreaker Figueroa out of the greatest TJ of Velasco, Texas. And the one thing about these guys that I love more than anything else, TJ, is that these guys have both said leading up to this fight that it's not going to go 12 rounds. Something that we both love to hear with these fights, considering that this is the main <laughs> event going to be gone last coming from Las Vegas. So I'm looking forward to seeing what these what these guys do. And also, TJ, because at the winner of this fight, more often than not, is the other uh, title holder at 122 is uh, Mujanov Agdaviev, who fought last Friday in beautiful New Hampshire in front of probably 15 people. But afterwards, that's the that's the main object of, of the game here is for Undisputed at 122 next year. And he holds, and he holds the other two titles at, at, at that weight class. All right, so Akhmadi Alev is from Uzbekistan. We don't really know him, but Fulton again from Philadelphia can yes. can fight undefeated. Figueroa, big-time puncher. This should be a lot of fun on Showtime. Bigfightweekend.com. Read more about those fights. We'll have the Big Fight Weekend podcast out to preview Friday. It'll be out Friday. It'll still be current Saturday, depending on when you're hearing us, to preview those fights some more, including wagering odds for our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast that help us here on Three Dog Thursday. They help us on Big Fight Weekend, the Sports Gambling Podcast a network of shows, their app. We're right on there talking boxing as well as underdogs. All right, very good on the No Huddle Underdog. Again, for you, it is the Green Bay Packers, short underdog at home with the Rams. Right now, they're getting a point. You say go, Pack, go for Sunday, right? TJ, you know how much it pains me to say that as a Lions I guy, but I, I, that's, a, that's just money on the table at this point. All right, very good stuff, Marquise. We'll see about your underdog. You're saying, you're saying to me, stay away from Denver. I keep, I keep not heeding advice of guests that are telling me that are in the market where the game is. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't take them. I'm going against you, though. I'm going to take Denver here against the Chargers. I may regret it. Marquise, thank you. We'll catch up with you again in a, in a little bit on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. They can check that out again out Friday and on Saturday. Thank you, Marquise Johns. Absolutely, TJ. Thanks so much. So there we go. That concludes the no huddle underdogs. So I'm now going to confirm what I like in addition to the Denver pick there with Marquise on Sunday afternoon against the L.A. Chargers taking the points at home. I just need the Broncos to win outright. I'm going to go with two games from college football for the weekend, both on Saturday coming off of Thanksgiving, off of Black Friday. Let's go with the rivalry game used to be known as the Civil War. The don't call it the Civil War anymore game between Oregon and Oregon State a year ago won by the Beavers in upset fashion at home against Oregon, Mario Cristobal's team. Uh, the Oregon Ducks have had trouble covering this year. One and five right now as a favorite. They are favored at home. Revenge situation for them, but I still like the Beavers in this spot to have a shot uh, here with a 7-4 season to this point in the rivalry game. Strange things can happen. They're getting 7.5 points. I think they can keep it close, if not win the game. Oregon State, uh, as of late, has put a couple of wins together with Stanford, who's bad, and with Arizona State. I think they continue the momentum. They hang in there with Oregon and maybe have a chance to win this game, so I will take them. And then in the Bedlam game in the Big 12, could these two teams, Oklahoma State and Oklahoma, end up playing twice in a row, not only in the final regular season game, but also in the Big uh, 12 championship game? I, I saw the Sooners earlier this year, National Radio with uh, Chad Brown on Compass Media Networks as they beat Texas Tech in Norman. 
They have since that time suffered an upset loss to the Baylor Bears uh, back a couple of weeks ago, but then bounced back and beat Iowa State last week. Oklahoma State's defense is outstanding. They've really been coming on strong, but Oklahoma State does have a loss on their resume, too. Uh, I I believe this is Oklahoma in Stillwater who will find a way to win the game. I'll take the points. I'll take the Sooners. So two road college doggies in the rivalry game. The Bedlam game, I say Sooners. The don't call it the Civil War anymore. They called it the Civil War for 75 years. These politically correct times, now we're not calling it the Civil War game. Give me the uh, the Oregon State Beavers at Eugene at Outson Stadium against Oregon. And again, I'm going Denver Broncos. So I'm going like all west of the Mississippi River with uh, Oregon State in the afternoon Saturday, Oklahoma Saturday night, and then the Denver Broncos. My thanks to our guest, handicapper from Vegas Insider and MajorWager.com, Brian Edwards, who always does a great job with his underdogs. And uh, we'll see what happens with the coaching search and the coaching carousel that he and I went over. The No Huddle Underdogs with Brett Norsworthy from Memphis, a.k.a. Stats. Love his insight. He's working the Egg Bowl Thanksgiving night, Mississippi, Mississippi State in that rivalry game. We also love Dan Leach. He will be on scene Saturday noon. I like Ohio State to still beat Michigan and make Jim Harbaugh 0-6 all-time against the Buckeyes. I'll take Ohio State. I'll lay those points. I I don't like the Wolverines. Uh, Even though Dan Leach does in a high-scoring game, I I like Ohio State to score a bunch and Michigan State to not score as much. I I would think even as much as like 37-24, 41-30. I I just don't see Michigan State stopping Ohio State in that rivalry game. Uh, That's for sure. So thanks to Dan Leach for being with me and also Marquise Johns from BigFightWeekend.com also with me. He's on our brother podcast there talking boxing. He's in Denver. He tried to warn me off against uh, the Broncos. Uh, I I still like them. And again, on the Thanksgiving Day games, the Raiders are an interesting doggy play because the Cowboys are just 1-9 and against the number the last 10 Thanksgiving games. But I've backed the Raiders a couple of times, folks, and they've burned me, including last week with Cincinnati. So I'm not going Raiders out of the AFC West. I'll go Broncos instead for my underdog. I'm on my way to Indianapolis after Thanksgiving uh, with the Buccaneers to take on the Colts. That should be a very interesting game. Buccaneers, a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, by the way, going into Indy against Jonathan Taylor and company. And if the Bucs get that win, the schedule very favorable with the likes of the Falcons, the Panthers twice, the Jets, the Saints. None of those teams have a winning record. Bucks schedule very favorable if they can get the win over the Colts for the stretch run. We'll see how that goes. Everybody have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, depending on when you're hearing the podcast. It stays relevant through the weekend, Friday, Saturday, etc. Don't be savages on uh, Black Friday trying to elbow and shove down your fellow humans trying to get uh, trinkets, toys, uh, PS2s, PS5s, uh, controllers, PlayStations, Xboxes. Behave yourselves, please. Flat screen TVs are still going to be there at affordable prices even after Black Friday. And a lot of it now has become even cheaper to get online on Cyber Monday and throughout the weekend. And save yourself having to wait in line for eight hours to get something in the middle of the night. Anyway, be safe this weekend. Enjoy the food, the football. Thanks again to my guests. Thanks to my Sports Gambling Podcast guys, uh, Sean Green, Ryan Kramer, and company for helping promote us. SportsGamblingPodcast.com, the SGPN app. Wherever you get podcasts, subscribe to Three Dog Thursday. Find us on Apple Podcast, on Spotify, Google Podcast, under Three Dog Thursday. We love picking the underdogs, and we had 
four of them last week in college football. we got to be better in the NFL. Again, I'm on Oregon State and Oklahoma 2 O's and the Denver Broncos here for this week. And you heard a lot of other underdog advice from Brian, from Stats, from Dan Leach in Detroit, and from Marquise Johns. For now, we are done. I am TJ Reeves. Enjoy the holiday weekend. We're back next week, and it will be December and championship week in college football and the stretch run for the NFL football as well on Three Dog Thursday. Bye.